Hello, welcome to the University of Brighton podcast. I'm Richard Newman. Thanks for listening. This is episode 110 of the podcast. And my guests this week are from Brighton CCA, the University of Brighton Centre for Contemporary Arts. The CCA has just celebrated its first anniversary. And as we all know, the arts has been heavily hit by the coronavirus pandemic, but the CCA has been inventive in a way that it's organized a program online and planning ahead for post-lockdown, a post-COVID world. We're going to talk all about that shortly. So joining me is Artistic Director Ben Roberts and Polly Wright, the CCA's program producer. But thanks so much to both of you for coming on. Um, Ben, you've been on before, way back in March 2019, when the concept was still in its infancy really and um, you didn't have much of it didn't, didn't, don't even know if you had a team back then but we'll come back to you in a second um but polly let's get to know you a little bit first uh, how long have you been with the cca and how have you arrived at this point uh, i've been here since last august so yeah i've been here a year and a bit now um can't remember the second part of your question yeah how yeah what what's your what's your background how did you kind of arrive at this point uh, so I've worked in the arts for almost a decade. So I studied in London, um, studying criticism, creation and communication. And since then I've worked in a number of contemporary art organisations. So Art on the Underground and then Film and Video Umbrella and now Brighton CCA. So I've been a programme coordinator in a number of those places. So I always worked with people um, kind of thinking about the arts um and commissioning and research and then yet now within brighton cca cool um ben i think it's a good idea to sort of set the scene again and tell us in brief what this brighton cca is and does uh sure um well thanks for having me back so we can we talk about the first year um i guess uh brighton cca is a, a whole range of things it's um set across the galleries at grand parade but it also includes um or used to include pre-covid some of the things that happened in the theater um and i'm delighted to say that we're also going to be launching um in the near future a project space over at dorset place as well so what we are aiming to do essentially is to um provide a um, program of international contemporary art um in the galleries for um the city of brighton for the, the nation, if you like. We have a, a sort of international reach as well. So um, over the course of each year, we have a program of three or four um, exhibitions. They're usually um, commissions from um, young-ish and emerging artists or mid-career artists who want to try something new because a big part of what we're about is um, offering um, the resources of the university in terms of um, production, in terms of expertise and researchers' knowledge to artists to help them develop their practice. And whilst they're doing that, we want to create programs um, in the gallery and around them that um, give people an insight and a view onto how artists work and how it is that um, a lot of contemporary art actually happens in that sort of way because so much of what artists are interested in these days is not just about art but it's about lots of different things and um, there's a real opportunity here for people to both see the work um, and to see the processes that underpin how that how that happens. Mm -hmm. um and if you're watching the YouTube version, you, you're in one of the spaces right now. Looks great. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, head over and have a look. Um, but when we talked in, in March last year, it was all a bit hush-hush with what the plans were um, pre-COVID. Um, and, and how has everything gone since the October launch in 2019? Um, it's been really, really positive, actually. We've had... Um, 
a huge flood of visitors who have come in who have been really engaging with the shows that we've had so we've managed up until covid to put on something like i think it's five exhibitions nearly a hundred different events and um, we've had over ten thousand visitors coming through the doors and visiting our online platforms um and that's been with um you know, sort of it, more sort of established artists, like we opened with Franz Erhard Volta, for example, but we've also had some real successes with, for example, um, Charles Round, who is an artist who came and did a collaboration between us and the Brighton Design Archives. Um, he was here in the galleries, we had an installation in this space, um, and he also made a show in, in the other space where he was using material from the archives to develop new work himself, which appeared in the galleries over, over time, and also had a really strong um, public program where people could come into the galleries, um, help him make films, uh, or show films rather, make work, um, and do all sorts of um, other sorts of projects that, that Polly was working on um, over the course of the show, which was uh, sort of, again, you know, this idea about sort of um, people being able to engage with an artist's practice as it was happening in the space. And so there were lots of things for the students to do as well, for them to come and um, work on him with um, various printing projects and um, talks and different things like that. So um, we're now in our, I think, fifth show, um, the one behind us, which is um, Flo Brooks. And um, unlike the last show, we did lose a show to COVID. So it, it opened on the, the day of first lockdown and no one was able to see it. And sadly, we had to send it back to um, its various owners um, before we could reopen. But I'm really pleased to say that we managed to get this show open just before and the second lockdown happened, so people have been able to see it. Um, students have been able to come during this second lockdown, obviously enough, because the university is open, which has been super positive. We've been able to have lots of tours and some socially distanced workshops and things like that. So that's really continuing. And even during these lockdown periods, we've managed to migrate a lot of the things that people can um, see and do around the shows online. So you can also see documentation of all of the shows as well. Um, and various videos and introductions to that. So yeah, it's been really positive. We've managed to get a lot of things done um, and really looking forward to um, the end of this lockdown and being able to um, welcome visitors back into the space and, and get on with the, the programming for next year as well. Yeah, and um, we're gonna come back to that in just a bit. Polly, when you came in, um, a, a new venue, probably quite an exciting opportunity for you, I guess, to have a bit of a, uh, working with Ben and the team to have a bit of a free reign at, at producing this the, for this program what's it been like for you yeah it's a good question it's been um it's really interesting being within the university so you're kind of between working between students and the research going on here as well as uh programming for a public audience so i think that's something worth to note and often the workshops we've done been with a range of students but also people that haven't studied here and kind of bringing people together like that I think is really valuable and exciting both sides. Um, I think it opens up a lot of different questions of what the arts can do and be. Um, so yeah, we do, I think it's one of the first jobs I've had working across quite a lot of different mediums. So um, that's been really great. So thinking about different ways to do workshops, but also by being online for COVID, there was a lot of um, time spent how to make things digital and how to integrate a program to not only be for a local audience but one that is potentially global so i think that puts brighton on the map in a different way so yeah that's maybe helps answer that question yeah and and the idea of the cca is to become you know one of the of the 
premier arts venues in in Brighton and Hove, um, so they can have that global, well, national and global reach. Um, so for people that might be new to the CCA, and I guess people that maybe just targeting first people that are in Brighton and Hove, when you reopen, uh, why should they be coming to the CCA? What are you going to offer? Uh, well, I think we're, we're offering a, a whole bunch of things. Um, I think one of the one of the reasons to come is because I think something that people have discovered and certainly that we've discovered over the course of the, the pandemic and over lockdown is that um, the opportunities for um, or basically what culture can offer people um, has become really important. That sort of sense of creativity, that sort of um, way of looking at the world and using culture as a way to connect with different ideas and spaces, um, not just in your own home and in your own mind, but sort of physically out in the world is something that's been really brilliant and supportive and something that we've tried to help with um, and done quite a lot of over the, the last few months. Um, and I think if you, when you come to the galleries and when you come and experience the program here, it's something that is really built on that. It's a really rich theme of engagement with ideas and people that you'll get. I'm delighted to be able to say that um, the current exhibition that we have, the, the Flow Brooks Angle Twitch with the Daily Winds Tourist Office, um, is going to be open for a, an extended period of time after, after the new year. We had planned to close just before Christmas, but we're now able to continue the show running until the end of January. So people will have an opportunity to come and see the actual physical artworks, which is much, much the best way to do it. You know, you can see them online, but it's it's not the same experience, really. Um, but also to engage with some of our programs. And one of the, the key things about this show is that it's about bringing different communities together, about conversations that people have, um, which engage with the ideas in the show, and offering people a chance to contribute. Uh, so both online and physically, people will be able to really engage with um, some of the, the ideas and the programs that are happening here to meet the artists and to um, yeah, really have a, a much fuller experience than they, they will have done previously. Yeah, great. And, 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 and I mean, the question to both of you, really, um, since we've, we've had, you know, the majority of this year now has been um, under some sort of form of restriction, especially during lockdown, where you sort of have those things taken away from you that you you love if you're if you love um arts if you love anything in the creative world you we haven't been really been able to you know experience it with our own eyes in physical like physically and it's really that's uh, people have really really missed that haven't they i mean it's you can say it across all different kinds of industries the creative arts um i don't know sports all these kind of things you, people can't be there and being there um is is really huge for, so when when you open those doors again I guess you're seeing quite a lot of people who have really missed that experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's also been a very intense time of reflection for people. So obviously being in your own domestic space for the first lockdown for quite a prolonged period and then kind of knowing that you've shared that experience but being isolated within that. I think that's also something we've been thinking about within the future programme. So different ways of um, joining back together again and not necessarily offering only the same experience, but something that slightly thinks about that or yeah, makes new connections or re-understands some of those things we've all been thinking about, I would mm. say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's one of the things about the, the pandemic, I suppose, is that it's made us think differently about um, 
yeah, as Polly's saying, the, the, the types of programs that we offer and trying not to necessarily just focus everything on what happens in the gallery, but thinking about how we can create opportunities for people to engage with culture um, outside, you know, in a way that perhaps um, doesn't necessarily require us to sort of be in a, an enclosed space. I mean, for us, as a visual arts organization, we're very fortunate in that galleries are fairly large open spaces, you know, and it's it, people feel safer to come and visit them and look at like this um, and engage with things and we can do things in this space that perhaps it would be harder in a theater for example or a small music venue um, but thinking about what artists can offer people in their own homes for example i think is really important and um, also just giving people a sense of actually what it is to make art you know to, to give them a sort of uh, uh, almost a permission for to, to let their own creativity you know run away with them and think that actually no i could do this and you know that does count as an art practice as a kind because you know people are still not necessarily confident in you know what what contemporary art is it can be a very um sort of alienating thing in some ways if you don't have that confidence and part of what we want to do with this is to try and break down some of those barriers and get people feeling that culture is for everyone and that art is for everyone and that they should be able to enjoy it wherever they are and sort of be able to use those experiences in their own lives yeah absolutely and um, before we talk about the practicalities of what you did when covid hit when lockdown the first lockdown hit all the plans that you had in place for this year very you know really exciting program of what you wanted to do just emotionally when it hit huge blow what were the sort of initial thoughts those those first few days what were you thinking i guess i well i can't speak for polly but um, i i was uh, I guess thinking, hoping like that it, you know, I guess like everyone, like surely this, this can't last for too long. Um, hoping that perhaps, you know, we would just sort of get back to normal as soon as possible. But I think after that initial shock of thinking, well, you know, we put all this work into this thing, you know, and, and now it's sort of, you know, come to a, come to a dead stop, you know, what, what do we do there? Um, and one of the first things you start to think about is, you know, sort of how can we respond to this situation? Um, because actually what you realize is that we as an organization are in an incredibly fortunate position and, you know, totally realize that, you know, as part of being part of the university, we can be partially open for students. Now we have so much to offer people in that we are able to um, project out to give people things, you know, whilst they're stuck at home or, you know, when they're um, isolating or what have you. So, it began to be this sort of thing where you think about actually, yeah, it's really frustrating that we can't be there, but hold on a minute, we've got all of this resource. Let's make that available. How can we sort of change around this? Because that's one of the things that culture is really great at, is finding solutions to things and thinking about things differently, you know, sort of changing your perspective as, as quickly as you need to. Um, so whilst it was frustrating in those early days, it sort of quickly became a sort of actually quite an exciting challenge. And it's been, you know, we've been working all the way through and Polly's done amazing work on the, the communal public programs and the Make It Work, which you can yeah. talk about, about how we did that, you know, it sort of changed it into a different sort of dynamic for us. Yeah, it was definitely a sharp turnaround for everyone, I think. It felt, I mean, it feels like years ago now, but definitely felt apocalyptic in some senses. But then, yeah, as Ben's saying, we definitely found ways quite quickly. I think uh, Communal was the programme we had starting the week after lockdown hit. 
um, and because we were working with a lot of different organisations, some based in Brighton and different artists and researchers, and because we weren't furloughed, there was um, a really nice spirit of keeping going or making sure we could keep working with people to deliver what we kind of said we would, and that had been in the planning for kind of six months beforehand. But yeah, definitely a, a sharp U-turn to making sure you had enough things at home to work with as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, um, uh, I mean, the programme that you put on in that time has been really impressive because it's, I mean, there's been so much there online, uh, but, you know, before, before we could all come out of that initial lockdown, can you talk us through some of the, some of the highlights that you've been um, proudest of, but also sort of, is there anything there that you, that you think we're going to, you know, whether we're open or not, this is something we need to actually continue doing. And maybe you wouldn't have thought about it so much before. Yeah, so one of the highlights from lockdown was definitely a number of the making workshops that we translated to being online. So we did a live drawing workshop that had 40, over 40 people attend and it felt very like of a time because people maybe wanted to connect and be creative for an hour in those kind of first weeks of not really knowing what that was going to feel like. Um, and then I would say something we'd probably keep trying to do was we worked with Cinenova, which is a film archive. Um, and whereas we'd normally always think about film screenings as being in the space and we would get an audience of so many, with this particular project, we managed to reach, yeah, kind of 150 people plus kind of all over the world. So that felt like something we'd probably like to continue is how do you think about, yeah, community and a network going beyond that to maybe finding other like-minded or people that are interested in the same things elsewhere in the world so yeah it, we learned a lot through doing everything digitally definitely yeah, yeah and i think the thing about that sort of idea of not just the program and the sort of making and sort of working with artists that has been really important that mm. i think has been really valuable to us that we also started a, a podcast series talking to different creative organizations and curators about how they had sustained their creative communities and how they had sort of um, managed to keep their organizations and themselves going. And I think mm. those sort of shared conversations about what other people are doing were really valuable and people have really enjoyed listening to them. And they're all still on our website, so you can check them out. But I think mm. that has been something that we've thought about in terms of, it's not just the program, but it's the ideas around it and it's what other people are doing and being a hub for that sort of discussion um has been really valuable for us and you know it's been sustaining to sort of know what other people are up to as well and you know sort of hear the the sort of the the challenges that they face and the solutions that they've come up with as much as anything else um so yeah i think and that's, that's certainly something we want to keep going is that sort of wider conversation about what we're doing and what what place it has in the city and in a, a sort of an, in a sector and a sort of a, a, a sort of national community as well mm -hmm. So if we look back, before we look forward, um, and what, what we've got coming up, hopefully, and everything's going to be absolutely fine. So we're going to be both absolutely fine. Um, no more restrictions. Um, but let, let's look back over the first year. What would you both pick out as your sort of real highlight from, from the first year's Brighton CCA? It's a good question. I mean, it's, it's a tough one. Um, I think uh, for me... It would probably be the um, some of the opening performances that we did for Franz Erhard Volta 
um, with some of his really seminal sculptural pieces that we had um, really you know, giant crowds to, to come and see and people were able to engage with that. I think that was, a, for me, a really exciting project. And also the, the commissioning of Flo's show here, I think, was, um, has been really great. I mean, it's, it's been such a long time in, in the coming. You know, we've been in conversation for about these works for over a year, um, seen them develop, had those sort of conversations. And to, to finally get to this point, even in COVID, um, and to be able to open that show and for it to feel so sort of, in a way, current, you know, with our, with our situation and you know, this idea of about um, things being feeling familiar, but also isolated, you know, sort of how different communities look after each other and we you know what those sort of concepts of care can be um, has been yeah, really serendipitous in lots of ways, but um, is a really satisfying thing to see come together. That's for me. I don't know, I don't know what Polly's highlight will be. Yeah, many. Well, but um, I'll maybe mention the punt gig we did for Giles Brown's mm. exhibition was just a really exciting event to kind of organise, especially inviting in um, a punk music performance within uh, a gallery space. I think felt like yeah something we would like to continue when we can but it was yeah kind of playing with a gallery space and who that can really be for and what are the rules in that and i think having that within giles's work that was very much inspired by a design archive that might feel quite um organized or yeah and then turning it into something that thinks about punk music was really exciting so that now yeah. we're sorry go on ben no, no, I was going to say, I think yeah, that, that was a really exciting night. It was something we'd <laughs> love to be able to get back to doing. Yeah, so no. The Friday night, it's really cool. Yeah, well, look, look, we're recording this in November. At the moment, it's locked down too. Um, but the last few weeks, we've had an incredibly, it's been so much more positive looking forward, hasn't it, with the, with the, the hope of, of vaccines too already. And we've got, you know, hopefully plenty more to come as well. So there seems to be this little light at the end of the tunnel now, doesn't there, in terms of you being able to plan forward and really look forward to 2021. But before we get to that, I mean, you've mentioned Flo Brooks a couple of times. We've got your, you're sort of sitting inside that, uh, that, that, that program at the moment. Um, so to tell us what this one is all about um, and for the students and staff who are lucky enough to still be able to come and see it, um, what can they expect? And 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 even you're, I guess you're pitching for the people that you know in a couple of weeks' time they can, they can come back through the doors again. Sure. So the the show that we have here is I mean you can see sort of only part of it here, but it's a, it's a show that's sort of in two halves. So um, Flo is an artist that's based in Brighton, and he is a painter, but also works across sort of social engagement projects and publishing and um, various things like that collage. Um, but what we've done here is to commission an entirely new body of work where um, a lot of his, his paintings and his work up to date have been sort of semi-autobiographical. So they're sort of um, talking about his experiences transitioning in the NHS or um, sort of so queer and social scenes in London. Um, but what he's done here is gone back to his roots growing up in the sort of southwest of England in Cornwall. Um, and he's created a series of five works, which are sort of groupings of paintings all together, which uh, talk about ideas of the rural um, and what it's like to sort of live and grow up there. So they're sort of based around various archetypes that you might find there. So like a sort of the rural post office, the bus stop, the, the holiday let, for example. And they're sort of very, um, 
They're very dynamic images. They're quite graphic and um, sort of figurative, so you can sort of see what's going on there. But they're about describing a set of lived experiences and memories of um, what it was like in those places. They're, he set them in a, in a new installation. So normally he would just show them in a white box, but here he's um, designed the space around them. You know, there are other things in there that are parts of the installation which speak to the sort of experience of the things that are in there. So they're sort of like a sort of drafty rural barn or something like this. You know, sort of there are bits of plastic clapping around and sort of metal gates and all this sort of stuff. And that sort of centering within a, a sort of installation has been a, a step forward for him, as has the scale of the work. They're much bigger than a lot of his previous ones. So as you come from that space into this one, you're stepping into another installation, um, which is called the Daily Winds Tourist Information Centre, which is really about trying to sort of echo that sort of classic idea of a sort of... Um, rural, you know, parochial sort of slightly sort of um, institutional tourist office with a sort of plasticky feel to it and things not quite all filled up and maybe a bit sort of tacky in places. Um, and in using that vernacular, we've tried to create a space, we've created a space that is laying host to a whole lot of public programs that um, Polly has been working on with Flo as he's developed some of those ideas and invited people in Brighton to come and make contributions to them. But I think Polly would be better placed yes. to speak about that than me. Yeah, so it started out as um, working with Flo, obviously quite a lot of that was done during lockdown as well. So kind of how do you start to imagine a public program when you're very much housebound? Um, but I know he was really, really keen to work with a number of artists and friends that live in Brighton to expand that theme so it wasn't just coming from one voice, the kind of experiences of being marginalised in a rural place. And so there are a number of um, elements of that process on display. So some artwork, some ephemera, some different kind of zines, some different book lists that we've put together. There's a big map of Brighton on the window that will be kind of pinpointing different um, contributions on uh, part fiction, part kind of function. Um, we've had different film screenings developed as part of that, as well as yeah, some podcasts. Um, and a reading group. So yeah, it's a way of expanding the research that feels very key to the paintings, but doing it with multiple voices rather than necessarily coming down from one. So yeah, we're still ongoing with a lot of that at the moment. Great. And, and before we get onto what's coming up, uh, in the new year, uh, Ben, you, you started the, the podcast with a bit of like uh, with some breaking news, really, with is it, with the new project space. I think it was you were going to talk about. Can you tell us? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So the the Dorset Place space um, is going to be our new sort of research and um, experimental sort of project space. Um, it's over and towards Edward Street as part of that sort of building and it's down at the little sort of cul-de-sac there and it's a, a single room space so quite a nice sort of size really it's not too giant and it's got windows as here themed for the CCA and um, so you can see in from the street but really what we're wanting to do with that is use it as a space that is perhaps a little more um, flexible a bit more light touch so Already we've been working with um, arts organisations in Brighton to invite them in to do small shows in there that maybe last uh, a couple of weeks or, you know, a, a month sort of short things. Um, and moving forward, there's going to be opportunities for 
the students at Brighton as well to, um, during term time, they'll be staging sort of fortnightly exhibitions in there to sort of um, try stuff out to learn about how that works and to sort of um, show projects in there. We'll also be inviting more organisations from Brighton and from other parts of the UK to come and present work, specific researchers to come and sort of use it as a, a space for engagement with their work as well. So it's going to be a really exciting sort of dynamic sort of space, I think, which is um, can be used for uh, projects that happen both inside that space and in the sort of space outside it on the street as well. Um, and um, it's a, a sort of a very fast-moving program as well. So we don't we don't want to be sort of saying you know oh right it's now booked up for the entire year. We're going to be um, inviting sort of proposals for that. You know it's going to be a, a bit more sort of part of a community sort of feel if you like and something that is um, available to a, a much wider audience which sits alongside what we do in these main galleries but is a very different sort of approach to programming which we're really excited about. Great. Um, okay, so what, what have we got coming up in 2021? What's the plan? What's the big vision? I mean, that's a big question, well, isn't it? Should we go, let, let's, go what's, what, let's go what's in the gallery space, I guess, for the programme first, and then we'll talk about maybe what's going to go, what we're hoping to go past that in a sort of, um, well, post-COVID or, or slightly less restricted world. Sure. So I think in the gallery spaces, um, as I was saying, I mean, we're delighted that we're able to um, extend Flo Brooks's run for a short while into, into January. Um, after Flo comes um, a really exciting new uh, commission again, um, set of sculptures um, by an emerging Russian artist called Nika Nilova. Um, and she, uh, her practice is really, up until now, has been focused on a sort of archeological, um, approach to architecture. So taking items from buildings, thinking about their history, remaking them into objects. But for this program, um, she has um, changed her focus a little bit and has been thinking about um, strategies found in nature to do with coping with water scarcity and environmental concerns and how um, humans have uh, managed water um, flow over over millennia really as one of the, like the most precious resources that we have really and um, so she's made a whole body of work um, sculptures around that that will be um, shown in the uh, south gallery there and there will be a sort of kind of a functioning research studio space that will sit alongside that which some of those works made in this space will then migrate into the gallery um, but there'll be um, opportunities for uh, other artists to be invited in and to um, present some of their research which relates to Nika's and um, there'll be film programs and various sort of public things that will be going on that Polly's been working on um, as well alongside that. Following that, um, we're all hoping that there might be a opportunity for a graduate show at some stage during the summer, but we don't really know what's going to happen there. Um, but we will also be staging um, another um, big show by um, Brazilian artist Alexander de Kuna, um, who has uh, made a new body of work um, specifically for um, these spaces, and that exhibition um, will be opening later in the summer. Um, after that, we'll be showing um, a really exciting new set of um, sculptures and audio works by a collective called the Lloyd Corporation, um, who are based in Athens and in London, um, and they'll be opening in the autumn. And they're 
praxis is about a sort of object orientated um, ontology so it's like how whole stories and histories can be embodied in a single sort of object and they've been looking at local history around Brighton and thinking about barrels as a, a, a way of um, thinking about um, languages of trade and exchange and um, but also about celebration and myth and how these things are all interwoven with the local culture but also in these objects and so they're going to be making a big new um, piece of work that will be um, shown here for the first time um, in the autumn so assuming that everything goes to plan those are a whole sort of set of shows that may move around a little bit depending on covid-based restrictions but so far, we've managed to keep to that schedule and really looking forward to, to working with a lot of those guys. Yeah, it sounds great. And, and I guess, um, Polly, once everything gets booked, it's probably quite exciting for you to put the whole rest of the program together goes alongside that. Um, so what, what sort of things are you looking at to sort of complement that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so what I'm looking forward to next year is working with a few different student groups to kind of respond directly to some of those exhibitions. So they're kind of special projects that um, I'll be working with some different student groups on, which feels really exciting. Alongside that, um, we continue to work with artists and researchers to also respond. Um, something we haven't mentioned in this podcast yet is the Expanding Dialogues programme or our kind of dialogue section of the website. So that's um, a kind of special project where for the first one, we worked with two artists and a group of advanced engineers. So that's a way of working with a different um, section of the university to also think about arts and culture. So we'll be doing a few more of those to go alongside um, the exhibitions as they come. So keeping thinking about what questions we're asking and why we're asking them now and how can we continue to expand that maybe across disciplines and not only arts. Mm. That's great. I mean, because because I mean, I certainly find it for myself when I'm doing these podcasts. The university is just sort of this endless content resource. You just, if you wanted to talk about something, you can find someone to talk about it. And I guess is that something you might be looking at in the long term then to sort of use delve into some of the expertise across the entire university, across different schools and departments, and and bring them into this and into a more creative space. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for Nikas, we were just talking about that today, weren't we? So there's certain elements of what Ben's already described and that um, some of her research or what her art practice is interested in that we'll also be thinking about with academics at the university, which I think is really exciting and definitely helps us contextualise where we are and how um, the arts can work between different, um, yeah, academia in different ways as well yeah i mean i think that's not even i mean that's something that we've tried to sort of build into the program throughout really since we since we started it's been a really important part of um how we've engaged with the wider university and students as well it's trying to sort of bring some of that knowledge and expertise in because one of the things i think we can offer to audiences but also to the artists that we work with is as you say there is all of this expertise and knowledge and understanding and finding ways of folding that into the program is something that Polly and the rest of the team have been really successful about doing um, and engaging with is sort of getting those voices in here and um, providing a platform for that research so you know for example earlier this year we um, 
produced a, our first um, edition of the Grandpa Press, um, which is an ongoing publication which um, Polly helped to edit and which we um, included a whole set of um, different articles and um, commissioned pieces of writing about our program, but also about um, bits of research that are happening in the university, new research centres like the Centre for Arts and Wellbeing, um, with sort of lots of sort of bits of, of coming research laid out in there. And we're hoping to, or we're planning to um, uh, produce a second one of those for next year, which will again be about a reflection on the program here, but also how that relates to bits of knowledge and expertise within the university. So whilst those academics will have voices within our public programs and podcasts and in talks and so on, um, there's also more sort of like concrete sort of outputs, if you like, that um, like the Grand Prairie Press, which and give us an opportunity to platform some of the other things that happen in the university which have a relation to culture but aren't necessarily specifically things you would find in a gallery. Brilliant. I mean, I mean you've, you've had like this, you know, it's been a really difficult start, hasn't it, in terms of having that first, you had that six months of, you know, complete optimism, I guess it was going really well and then and then COVID happened and, and lockdown happened and uh, I guess it, you might almost feel like this is, uh, you might almost feel like you're sort of starting, not starting again, but like you're almost relaunching, uh, maybe going to next year. Not as, not really like a relaunch, but I mean, I guess what I more mean more is that for, for students, this is a great opportunity. For students of research, it's a fantastic opportunity as well to get involved with the CCA. And obviously it takes, for some, something new, it takes a while for something to become integrated but this is a fantastic opportunity it's going to just grow and grow and grow and for students that are maybe looking to come to the university as well just how um how big an opportunity is it for them to get involved with Brighton CCA it's, it's yeah I mean I think one of the things that's been really great about what we've been able to do is that through the things that we've delivered through lockdown um, are things that we're now looking to really build on and sort of do more of in lots and sorts of ways. Um, so in the coming year, um, there are going to be um, some really great opportunities for students to come and work with us. So um, in Nikonilova's program, for example, um, there will be lots of chances for students to come and work with her on producing some of the actual artworks themselves, which have these sort of huge multiples that need, need making and sort of giant sculptures that they could be involved in. Um, we're going to be running some um, technical courses for students, exclusively for Brighton students, um, where they are lead technicians will be teaching them about how you can go and get work and the skills that you need to work as a technician in a professional gallery. Um, similarly with um, performance and um, AV things, our um, theatre technician will be running short courses in that, so there'll be those things as well, as well as all the public programmes that Polly is working on and that people can come and do and that some of the um, uh, things that we're doing with courses where we're providing bespoke tours and training for students to come and you know it's apart from anything else for the university I think is is starting to be understood what uh, resources can be for us publicly you know um, when we were having open days just recently we had students who were coming or prospective students who were coming couldn't see so much going on in the studios because of the restrictions, but the galleries are open, our invigilators are ex-students, and they're sort of able to explain, you know, sort of the opportunities that were offered and what, what this as a resource means for them. And that was a really positive thing. You know, we had lots of, lots of really great feedback from that. So I think in terms of a, a relaunch, I think it's, it's more of a sort of a, a continuing to build um, on some of the things that we've been doing. There's, I think, some, Skepticism, perhaps, in the university to begin with about 
you know, what would it be and how would it work and, you know, all those sorts of things. But increasingly, it seems like it's been a really positive response. And now people see what those resources are and what we can do for them. And, you know, we're, we're open for not just the students here, but for the entire community that, that's here. So, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time to be getting back up and running and opening up some of these programs to even more people. Mm. Yeah. It's been really exciting so far. It's been fantastic so far. So just, just to finish, what's the long-term vision for the CCA in this sort of, I guess, in a more normal world? I mean, let's pretend for a second that we can go back to something like, like before March. I guess, you, are you, would you be looking at getting more things in the, in the Salas Benny Theatre, for example? What, what are you looking at doing, I don't know, in the next year, two years and further? Uh, I think in terms of um, the exhibitions, we want to continue to um, commission new and ambitious work that we can um, stage in the galleries. Um, I think it would be really great to use this moment to have a reset with the theatre and think about how we use that space, um, whether it continues to be used for teaching or whether it can be used for performance and how we can best make the most of that um, in terms of some of the commissions that we have here and supporting different artists. But one of the things that Polly's been working on and one of the things that we've been doing um, recently is collaborative projects, you know, um, working with the festival, working with other organizations like Tramway up in Glasgow where Flo's show is gonna travel to after it's been here. Um, and working with some of those organizations to work to sort of deliver even bigger projects so that um, the, the things that we do here um, become, uh, or you know have access to a bigger audience so brighton cca as a place becomes known as something that is generating really exciting work which is traveling around the country which is traveling internationally um and is making a really innovative um taking a really innovative curatorial approach to not just showing work but how it's developed and how um, we are able to get people to engage with it and that is happens through the commissions, it happens through the public programs that Polly works on, and what we're really looking forward to is growing those as, as much as possible in the coming two years. Mm. Polly, just, just to finish, um, how excited are you about, about what, what's coming up and, and, and all, all the sort of potential that's, that's around the CCA? I'm really excited um, for when we can welcome more than six people into the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the events, um, what can be so rich as part of the events is the conversations that happen just before you've started or maybe in the middle during a break or some of the after and who kind of meets each other here. Um, and as I mentioned briefly earlier, that not being only students coming to a certain event or the public, but that really mixing. And I think it's going to be great looking forward to hosting some of those more social elements of events again cool uh, ben polly thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, really great to have you on to and to to hear about everything over the last year and all the exciting bits we've got coming up um that you can find out more about what is coming up and more about brighton cca in general at brightoncca.art and that's about it for this podcast but do subscribe and leave a review if you can share all this on social media as well thanks for listening